you know, the reason why we added Baker was to make the group better as a whole. Our whole philosophy is to add competition, not just in the quarterback room, but every position. So if we see an opportunity where we can get better, where we can add a player, it makes sense for us as a team financially. It makes sense for us just from an addition standpoint. We're going to do that. You know, with Baker being out there, having the conversations, it made sense for us. Former UNLV quarterback and current voice of the Rebels on radio, Caleb Herring is live right now on Cofield and Company. You hear the voice of Scott Fitterer, Carolina Panthers exec general manager, of course, talking about the, the quarterback situation there. Speaking of quarterbacks, our quarterback situation is great. we got a starting quarterback, and uh, we're never looking back. Caleb Herring. Nice enough to give us some time, of course, as usual, here on Cofield and Company. Caleb, what's going on, man? We're live from Summer League. Where are you at? You're not down here? I'm not, I'm not coming down there today. I want, I want to be down there. There's some games I wanted to see. Um, but unfortunately, I won't be down there today. Maybe I'll come, I'll come visit you guys. But I, I'm excited about you just gave me an idea uh, about, like, a, a potential Cofield and Company, like, flag football team. Like, who all would oh. be down to actually put that team together? Because I'd be down to be the starting quarterback for that team. Uh, so I'm totally down, and actually that that leads me on to a tangent is, so there was one point a couple of years ago me and my buddies wanted to start, and I would love to get your thoughts on this. We wanted to start a flag football team, right? But I was like kind of the vo- – no, I was not militant, but I was the one who wanted to have practices. I wanted to have a playbook. I wanted to take it seriously, and a bunch right. of them just kind of wanted to show up and play. And, you know, the worst right. thing that happened, Caleb, is we were out at Desert Breeze one time and we were just playing, practicing. And a group of established footballers came out and was like, hey, I see you guys, you want to scrimmage? And we beat the crap out of them. And that just made it worse because everyone was like, oh, we're going to be fine. Join the league, and they got absolutely smoked. I would be totally down, but I want structure. Is that all right? Yeah, so I'm the, I'm the structure guy too. So I'd, I'd add yep. to your, your vote. Like, yeah, we're going to have structure if we're going to do this. Like, I, we had a flag football team at my job, and I literally made wristbands for everybody. Like, with play calls on them, like, hey, know yes. your plays, know your assignment, their signals, be ready. Um, didn't go too well. I actually ended up injuring one of my coworkers. Um, I'll, I'll send you guys a picture of what I did to his thumb. Just it reminded me that I still got it uh, as far as throwing some heat down ball when I need to. But so I, I'll. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely down for the structure. So you and I will will get the team in shape. Okay, when you get the team in shape and you and you put together, all I want is you're just going to put a little package together. I'm going to be your Mark Mariota. You're going to be Derek Carr. So, like, I'll come in and you'll be, like, out to the flank. You'll sneak out as a flanker, and then I'll just come in. Because I did a quarterback, you know, back in my junior peewee days, and we, we won the junior peewee division in nice. 1979 and went out to Orange County, and we played the junior peewee champions out there. So I had my time at quarterback, uh, Caleb. So you can use me as your Mariota and just put a package together for me. I got you. I was thinking you're my short yardage guy. I've seen you in the gym, and I think you got the power to like make some some guys yeah. move in short yardage situations too. So yeah, we can definitely put some packages together for you. I'm in. I'm in. All right. So and you gonna hold up? Oh yeah. Yeah. Are you good? I, I don't worry about stuff like that anyway because at my age, all the joints are sore yeah. regardless. <laughs> and um, there's there's something that was legalized not too long ago that I can take care of things. I don't. I'm not an opioid guy, so I can hit. <laughs> medicinal uh and and i'll go to my masseuse i have an active release specialist and i'm all about the self-care man so i i'll take care of the after i'm not worried about injuries just let's Any, go anytime someone says anytime someone says like they're into self-care i just immediately i saw willie sitting in a, a chair at at a, a nail spa 
getting a, a mani pedi done. That when he said self care, that's listen the visual me. that I got. Listen to me. Let me let me explain something to you. Two years ago, I removed a, a, a I was about to say a bad word. I, a, a crap ton of debt, and I vowed to myself that at that point. There would be every form of self-care, Caleb. So you nailed it, buddy. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Every three weeks, I visit my man. I visit an esthetician. I have an active release specialist who takes care of the, the dry needling and the pin and stretch. I used to have a cupping therapist, but now my, my chiropractor does takes care of all that. I've got the masseuse. See. And I, so, so you name it, man. I, I, I have no problem in saying I am... I am. I am a skin care fanatic, dude. You so, just and I got threw a problem out. saying with that because you... You just threw out so many procedural names. Like you sounded like a Yelp review page of like all the self care things in Las Vegas that are available. So now, now I really believe. Any, you. Listen, <laughs> yeah. So any 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 men out there that need uh, you know need some grooming hookups, I know the right places to go to take care of you. Period. My wife's big on skin stuff. She's a former spa employee. Listen, I'm, I'm going so to tattle on on the on, on on the namesake of this show. Cofield texts me about three four weeks ago. He goes, "Hey." Where do you go to get pedicures? So I'm thinking he's, Love pedicures. He, I'm thinking he's setting up the SO. Next, the next week I come into the studio, he goes, yeah, so, I, uh, you know, it was just, I, I didn't realize that you had a personal girl that you go to. So I just went over and got, I was like, oh, it was for you? He said, yeah. I was like, oh, did they get the chisel out? No. He, goes, he goes, no, I love the pedicures. The cheese grater. Yeah. It's, a, it's kind of insulting, are the most, but at the same time, it's. They're the most underrated discovery, I think, that men need to just yeah, you put the take care of your down feet, for a man. second. You got the to. dogs need it, man. They need it. All right, really quickly, that's football thing, too, as we kind of talk about this uh, from because uh, I, I really actually want to do this now. I love flag football, the football in general. Uh, I was the defensive coordinator for the Henderson Colts, and we won an NYS title uh, a few years back. So nice. we've, we've got a deep and storied uh, tradition, and we've got a lot of football minds on this team, Caleb. I think we can make this happen. I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of fired up about it, too, now that I hear that you are going to be down with the structure as well because I'm all about the structure. I think championships are won on this structure. Is fantastic. So it's going to be great. This is fantastic. I feel and the it, company has every, a, a long history of following up on. And the whole team will be well groomed. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, so uh, we came in, we were talking, and we heard, of course, about the quarterback situation for Carolina. I'll ask you, uh, Caleb, um, what do you make of this? Because I, I think there's a couple of things that come from a team like Carolina acquiring Bacon Mayfield. I also think, too, a lot of people were selling, uh, uh, selling Baker short from last year. He threw 30 touchdowns, nine interceptions the year before that. He was clearly playing injured a year ago. Not only do I think he could be a viable starting quarterback, Caleb, but I think there's a really small chance that the Panthers actually might have their guy of the future if he's fully healthy and he looks a little bit comfortable with those uh, those positions, or excuse me, those weapons at those skill positions. Yeah, there's a chance that that could be the case. And I think uh, for what Baker Mayfield was on his way to doing, and you mentioned the injury before, I think because the Browns with that team, that roster, the defense, the running game that they had, because they underachieved so much, um, just based on that. There's just, that's you know not looking at the fact that Baker was injured for much of the time he was playing, obviously injured and laboring through the season. Um, I think with, with the injury aside, I think a lot of people are looking at Baker Mayfield as underachieving with the roster that he had. Um, and I think the, the situation kind of is what puts him, uh, gives him that negative light. On top of that, it's the off-field antics and the off-field uh, I guess, attention-seeking or whining or complaining or just personality issues that I think started to manifest during his struggle, um, you know, with the fans booing and him kind of going back and forth, that um, him kind of basically announcing that he's leaving, um, or being betrayed by the, the Watson discussions without him being notified and 
you know, that they're going to have to come back to me and, and reinitiate those. Those kind of things, I think, are adding to why uh, maybe he's being sold short based on last season's production. Um, but I do agree. I think he has potential. He has tools that are viable in the league. He's a starting quarterback in the league. There's no doubt about that to me. Um, is he the guy to get a franchise over the hump? That's kind of yet to be seen. I, I think last year was the year. If you're talking about the momentum of his career was the year to kind of get over that hump. Um, it's been a bit of a journey, but you know, going from getting that playoff win um, to then that next season, having a team that everybody thought preseason was was going to be a contender, at least a, a playoff contender, um, and then the season kind of unfolding the way it did. Uh, I think those circumstances make it that he sold short individually. Um, but a new birth, new life in, in Carolina. I, I, I hear the talk about uh, you know quarterback competition. I don't think um, that for for where the Panthers are, this competition, quote unquote competition, is the best thing. I don't I don't think it should be a competition. I think you want to define your guy as the guy. Um, as early as possible. Um, and I think Baker Mayfield has proven so far in his career that he deserves to be a starter, whereas Sam Darnold maybe has a little bit more to prove in that in that in that regard. So I, I, I think Baker has a chance to kind of revitalize his career a bit in the sense to change the public perception of him as a football player back to that guy with potential who can potentially uh, turn your franchise around. Um, leaving the Browns with their fan base and how brutally honest maybe they were with him and and, you know, the, the fanfare around the Cleveland Browns, um, I, I think he got maybe uh, the raw end of the deal as things go. And then, of course, with the fact that Deshaun Watson's going to be his replacement, that helped everybody kind of dismiss Baker Mayfield to the background if Deshaun Watson's able to play this year. Um, but that kind of helped people just kind of take for granted what Baker did in his time in Cleveland. Hopefully he gets to remind people um, when, he, when he makes his debut, whenever that is in Carolina. So, Caleb, follow me here. Uh... The word was, I think, yesterday, right, that the the number of games that was out there, Deshaun Watson, was around six games. Calvin Ridley is suspended indefinitely, and the Bengals have applied for an online betting license. How about that? Hmm. Well, I mean, that's interesting. Um, I, I think, you know, the disparity between uh, the uh, suspensions of the, the two players involved with what you just brought up, um, there's clearly – a, I, I want to say a, a level of value that the NFL has on their disciplinary practice, which are, are completely independent. And um, I want to say as arbitrary as they could be because it's, it's, it's a, a, an independent entity making their own decisions based on what they see as, as appropriate. Um, based on that, you see, you see clear value structure as far as money impact versus morality impact. The NFL has clearly defined through their punishment. They could say what they want to say in their commercials and 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 preach about equality and all these things um, to make society feel good about the NFL again. Um, but it's clear when it comes to the punishment they deal out and the uh, the the punishment they're not willing to deal out that they prioritize things that impact the money and the bottom line of the NFL more than they do the things that actually uh, reflect the morality of of the league or of its players. Um, and I, I don't know that that's different than any other business. It's just kind of clear to me with the NFL because it's such a public uh, public corporation that um, they value things that impact their bottom line. And if you're talking about betting, anything involved with gambling and, and the uh, integrity of the sport uh, as far as making money and making money off of the league, I think the league has shown that they're going to be pretty harsh on that. Um, and domestic violence situations, sexual assault situations, we've seen not just Deshaun Watson, 
um, but other players in the past who have gotten essentially slaps on the wrist from the morality aspect of this. You know, a couple games, um, especially if there's no public outcry about it, just, you know, a couple games here. You play the next season. No, nobody even knows that you missed any games because, you know, we, we kept it under wraps as best we could as a PR stance. Those are the moral issues. But anything with money, the NFL is coming down hard on players. And I think Ridley is an example of that where you're playing with the money and the integrity of our money making ability. So we're going to have to you know, make sure that our message is clear that that won't be tolerated. Caleb Herring with us. All right. So you've been a part of locker rooms. Um, you've seen them all, right? And it's really good to get a locker room united, especially behind the quarterback, right? You want everybody to believe in the guy who's slinging the ball, who's running the offense, most important position out there. How united will the New York Jets locker room be after everything that has happened with Zach Wilson in this offseason? Mm, no more united or less united, I think, than they have been already. I don't think wow. – I don't think I, – <laughs> I, think, I think it's not going to be ideal. And that's putting it nicely. And I can't speak for every locker room. Locker rooms are funny like this. Sometimes – and we can look at the Raiders and what happened with the Raiders last year. There's a lot of reasons for the locker room to be divided um, from the preseason, from the offseason, all the way through you know, the Ruggs incident to, um, to with Gruden and all. What the locker room reacted like or could have been happening was completely unexpected, how they ended up finishing the season, how the locker room stayed together in, 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 a, in a sense. So with a team like the Jets, who don't really have an established locker room yet, like there's no Derek Carr in the locker room, um, to help steer through any kind of turbulence. Um, you got a young guy who's kind of been handed the keys to the franchise, um, who hasn't earned it yet, by the way. He hasn't shown any capacity to be the guy who's supposed to steer the ship. Um, is there anybody else in any other position group or any other veteran presence that's going to steer it right if Zach Wilson can't? I don't know. I don't think so. So it could be a train wreck waiting to happen. Um, but locker rooms are funny. Like, that sometimes adversity and 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 crazy things happening outside tighten a bond in a locker room in a way that you can't really explain unless you're a part of it so um we'll see i i don't <laughs> the odds aren't looking good that the locker room is going to be great i mean um you know zach wilson's got his hands full at home with with the family as well as as steering that ship with with the jets locker room so we will see but um i i'm not too confident in it if if if, if that answers the question it did. It was a very serious answer, though. Uh, I was expecting more like, <laughs> yeah, man, he's got that dog in him. Every, of course everybody's going to love him. Uh, I will say this. The Cofield and Company foot flag football locker room will be much more united than the New York Jets locker room because we have a leader like Caleb Harry. Caleb, it's good to talk to you, man. Thank you for the time. All right, guys. Awesome talking to you as well. I'm, I'm getting the arm loosened up. I'm ready to lead us to victory too, baby. Oh, I am. To, I, I don't think Caleb is. Uh, I don't think Caleb understands. I'm serious about this. We need to get Cofield involved. We need to get Adam involved. I'm totally. Um, I'm down. I think we're a little short on bodies, so we might have to recruit. Um, well, we know. can expand the Lotus and bring in ringers, or you yeah. could have, or we could have. You have to somewhere or another have a relation. Like we could get Jordan, my son. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Two-time bodybuilding champ. I was gonna say, kid's got wheels. Yeah, you know okay. his upper body core. Okay, I'm down with it. I'm down. If, with if, it. if you got to have somebody just accidentally, like accidentally bump into somebody and take a take a penalty, his, his body's going to be able to take the you know absorb the shock. Uh, I'd be, I would love this. I love this. All, all right, right. Uh, all right. 
when we come back, we get to the football frenzy. We do have some news coming down that is definitely worth mentioning. Uh, we also have to expand on what Willie brought up with Caleb, which is the Bengals applying for an online sports betting license while Calvin Ridley sits in the wings suspended indefinitely for betting on some parlays. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Let's go! The 4 o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. It's Cofield and Company, but it's not Steve Cofield. It's a company takeover, or as we uh, decided earlier, Bantobo y Los Vatos, live from the Thomas and Mack Center. JT and Willie Ramirez here. Hello. Spinning the dials on the the ones and the twos, as the kids say. All right, football frenzy. There are a lot of news here. Uh, first off, uh, brought up maybe a move here in the works. We've talked about the Cleveland Browns. Actually, pretty talented roster. You know, PFF had the Browns as, I think, they were top five in terms of roster overall evaluation. Um, and if we had any stability at the quarterback position, probably one of the better teams in the National Football League. Uh, but according to some reports, Browns, another team interested in, in Dominican Sue. Uh, expects Sue to sign, as Tyler Dragon says, with a club closer to the start of training camp. Vikings, Raiders, the other teams that have talked to the free agent defensive tackle, obviously ties in the Las Vegas Raiders as they've been sniffing around Sue's services. And a team, the Raiders are, that I would say are in need, not desperate need, but in need of a body along the interior of that defensive line. Yeah, um, you could say that. I mean, I, I just have to wonder, you know, when you say sniffing around, um, it, it's he's such a, a dominating presence and he brings – you know what he brings to a defensive line mm-hmm. that you would think it would it would be done by now, and I I'm not sold that the Raiders are. I think that that was just because he said what he said. The Raiders never said we're interested in bringing him in. It was his, you know, when he when he said, "Well, the Raiders would be a nice spot," or Las Vegas, yeah. whatever it was that he said. So he sort of stirred that pot. I'm not necessarily sure. And and you know when you say yeah, there could be a need for the interior, but. Did they really? I mean, they had a pretty good thing working with Max Crosby last year and uh, Ngakwe. Mm-hmm. Now they got Chandler Jones in there, so they got two edge rushers, and maybe they saw what they liked and they have what they like. And I don't, I, I, just, I don't know. I just, I'm not saying it would be a bad move. I just don't know if the Raiders are in as much as it sounded like Sue was in. And sometimes those connections are made because I would say that. If you look at it from a couple of standpoints, the interior of the defensive line is probably one of their weaker positions. It is. And you can have really great edge rushers, but if they're running, if they're running upfield and running games or running by them because they're crushing the interior defensive line, it, you, you kind of get negated in terms right. of some of your biggest strengths, and that yeah. would be one of their biggest strengths. Um, so I think that's why, like sometimes the connections are made because there's a need, and there's a player that's available, but maybe there's not necessarily the tangible connections between the two. You know what I mean? Right. So maybe some are saying, "Ah, oh, the Raiders are right, we're interested in." And Dominican too. When in reality, it's just that Raiders are a team that needed defensive tackle. Yeah. I think it would be a good addition for them uh, when you it would look be at a great it, addition, right? And it's like if you look at it, and this is—I always say this, right? This is one spot's uh, grading system. But if you look at the way that PFF grades the current defensive interior or interior defenders for the Las Vegas Raiders, um, nobody graded higher than a sixty-one point three overall, and in terms of rush defense, no higher than a sixty-two point six. It's not very good. Right, So you need, I think, it would seem on the surface, some depth along that interior. If he comes at a good price, maybe that's going to be the case. And we see with these long-of-the-tooth guys, too, maybe sometimes you wait a little bit. You get closer to training camps. You don't want to go through the grind of it, and then you sign with the team. But it does seem that Dominican Sue uh, might be going somewhere else, and it's not the Las Vegas Raiders, but the Cleveland Browns. There it is. All right, you brought up something with Caleb. 
that is definitely worth bringing up here. Uh, so, uh, aggregate report and reports out there, the Cincinnati Bengals have applied for an online sports betting license. This is uh, from Cincinnati.com or the Cincinnati Inquirer. Uh, Bengals and uh, Betfred, they announced a multi-year partnership Wednesday to make Betfred the team's official sports betting partner. Bengals also applied for a Type A sports betting proprietor license in Ohio. Uh, the details on that, Ohio has made 85 licenses available in three categories. Type A, the one that the Bengals applied for, online betting. So that would obviously mean that the Bengals could get a chunk of the pie in terms of revenue when it comes to sports betting. Um, look, this is becoming more and more, right? The lines the lines are being blurred. There's not even a line anymore, right? It's all kind of in one thing at this point right now. It, but you brought it up when it comes to Calvin Ridley. It is just it is going to be interesting that the Bengals have applied for this license, will promote, go out and bet these parlays, huh? Because, one, you're promoting parlays because those are the highest whole thing, and you want people to bet parlays because you're going to get a lot of money off of that. At the same time, you have Calvin Ridley who's suspended because he bet some very high hold percentage parlays because one of them was like an eight teamer or something like right. that. Um, it's a little hip, it's a little hypocrisy, but at the same time, we know that to be the case. It is. There is hypocrisy because you you know you're now endorsing it, you're now embracing it, and now you have partnerships. Um, but you can't bet on games. But I I, I I tend to get that part of it. Like you can if you're if you're playing for the league, you're employed by the league. Don't bet makes sense um it's just it's just such a god is it, it is such a tough line to draw am i am i asking for too much nuance when i say if you're going to be starting if you're starting to partner with sports betting in this to this degree you should also be able to look at a case-by-case basis and realize the difference between calvin ridley throwing in through like multiple parlays he i think it was what three of them if i remember correctly one that had his most eight as opposed to calvin ridley coming out here and betting on single games large amounts, which would at least insinuate that he had some sort of information, information. as to what was going to happen. Yeah, absolutely, especially with when you're talking about parlays, because you and I both know, I mean, um, when it comes to gambling, that, sure, books are like, come on, let's go. That's you don't, why you don't see them offering yeah. specials on single bets. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I remember leaving Clark High School at lunchtime to we run do. down to the old frontier yeah. and putting in those long cars with the perforated ends, yep. right? That was back in the day. But – pencil <laughs> yeah so parlays parlays are the are a book's best friend um so yeah and, and if you have a player coming in like you said and plunking in five figures or, or a max wager or on a key game there and and all of a sudden well what's going on and, mm-hmm. it, and it sort of triggers people that are onlookers and, and all of a sudden you know so it it's it, again it's a very very tough line to draw when you're talking about players and employees um you know for so many years Players that came into the league, I've been friends with players. You're friends with, you know, players, you know, when it, whether it's the NBA, whether it's the NFL, and one of the very first things those rookies are talked to about yep. in the, those rookie seminars, there's orientations, gambling's at the forefront of the outline when you get that book and the the, the, the handbook and, and uh, sort of that employee orientation, and you're talked to and anybody affiliated with. And, and back then, it was anybody. I mean, there's no way that we would have people on the show or, you know, yep. or on VEASAN or whatever, this show, whatever. Pro athletes couldn't come on because if, if it talks in any way perform about gambling somewhere in the show, mm-hmm. no way. Yep. Now, 
doesn't matter. No, look, and there's still you know there's still bars to be crossed and whatnot, and I don't want to get into the details of everything when we're talking about broadcasting from here. But still, there are some there's some areas in which you can't cross. But still, it is a uh, we're getting closer. We're getting closer. But I would say that Calvin Ridley's probably looking around if he sees this news. Like, come on, man. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. All right, all right. Let's get back on track. We'll take our break here. Uh, when we come back, uh, we have our fat pack. I have a question for Willie that I actually think. Joy. I can't wait for this. Um, and it has to do with one of your great loves. How about that? It's on the other side. Cofield and Company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. You're live with the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. I'm going to live till I die. I'm going to laugh instead of cry. I'm going to take the town and turn it upside down. I'm going to live Live until I die. the company live from the Thomas and Max Center. Company takeover. Von Tobel, Los Vatos, Willie Ramirez, JVT. Mateo is here as well. Man, I can't wait. Later today, there's a uh, there's a very important summer league game uh, for me. We'll okay. Um, all right, Fat Pack. So today, National French Fry Day. Uh, you're, a, you're a fit guy. Yep. You big on fries? I do. I love fries. Yeah? I love fries. But now, there's got to be specific ones and specific ones with specific foods. Okay. Gotcha. So, like, you know... If I go to a deli and um, you go to the deli and you get the, like like a club, like I used to love getting club sandwiches with a fried egg on it and then, and then breakfast and then you get the steak fries but extra crispy. Yeah. Um, I'm a big steak fry guy. Um, what about Chris Cuts? Right, look, look at me. Uh, I love fries. Uh, <laughs> uh, look, if we're ranking them, like my wife, my wife tries to tell me that uh, the steak fries are the worst and – we almost got divorced over it. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Love steak fries. Now, if we're, like, ranking them, I think the crinkle cut, if they're crispy, is a very underrated fry. Crinkle cut is great, and there's you have to cook them properly. Right. They have to be crispy. Yeah, they got to be crispy. Um, the, the Obviously, air fryers have a different level where you don't have to go in the oven and put right. a certain temperature. I always go up on the temperature and keep it at the same time so you can pull them back a little bit. Um, and you got to make sure that you take them out. If you're going to put them on a cookie sheet, you got to make sure. People don't like to, to flip them because it's like, oh, it's too much work. Well, then you're not going to get the result that you want. Correct. But you got to cook both sides if you want the nice crispiness. That's where air fryers have come in nice because you shake the basket a little bit, boom, boom, boom. It alerts you when to flip yep. them. Yes. Yep. So – I'm with you on the crinkle cuts for the when you're doing stuff at home. The crinkle cuts are solid. Now, are you a sweet potato fry guy? Oh yeah, yeah. Sweet potato. Our fries. friends, our friends at Born and Raised have some really nice sweet potato tots. Okay. Very solid. Very solid. A little sprinkle of a, uh, I don't know. There's some kind of cheese on it. Whatever. It's really good. So, here's the thing. So right. it's fat packed. Okay. I told you I had a question for you that I think that you're going to enjoy. And I think you're going to be down with this. Actually, I know you're going to be down with this. All right, let's go. I can't. When I saw this on the rundown, it was the most exciting thing. I was like, JVT is going to. All right, so um, since I got two kids, and uh, since having the two chillins, uh, look, I was, but I was definitely in a lot better shape than I am right now. When the first kid came around, right? Okay. The dad bod totally came around strong. Okay. So we're uh, we're coming up on about two and a half weeks where I've gotten back on like a workout plan, been lifting more, following a diet, all that kind of stuff, right? Okay. Okay. We're coming up on a point where my wife and I, because we're doing it together, uh, we are going to have a cheat meal. Oh, yeah. So my question for you is twofold. One, because I think you mentioned one time when I was talking, you had a cheat meal or something like that. I was listening on Cope from the company, you had a cheat meal because you're yeah. a fitness guy. Yeah. How often do you have a cheat meal, and what do you do? Okay, so here's, this is the very first important thing. It takes generally 
30 to 45 days to establish a habit mm-hmm. where your motor skills, your mental state, whatever. So you're not allowed. So once you get started, you have to stay on your meal plan. And I always suggest to start off with foods that you like fit within a caloric um, plan. Right. So you're so a certain number of carbs, a certain number of protein, certain number of fats. A lot of people take that too too much to heart when they're when they're really trying to cut their weight. Not a bodybuilder or someone already in shape, and they're looking to tone or shred. Right. Um, you can't just go fit your fast foods. Like you no, know, so for argument's sake, my son can fit Chick Fil A into his right into his meal plan and just fo- and then punch in the macros into his fitness app on his phone. I can't do that when I'm trying to cut because I'm heavier and I have a midsection. Mm. So. You have to give yourself 30 to 45 days to follow a pattern, to get your body used to it, to get your mind right, and follow that. After that, you can implement one day a week. What I used to do was I would go 30 days, Mm. and then for another 30 days, it would be one cheat meal one day a week. Okay. Then after that, it would be one cheat day. Yeah. Depending on where I was with my weight goal or my – and I also used to do a weight goal. Big mistake. Yeah. Big mistake because if you lift while you're, you know, if you're lifting and everything, your your weight's going to fluctuate. And also remember this: the first ten to fifteen days, you're going to lose a ton. It's usually going to be water because you've changed your eating habits. You're working out, so you're you're flushing yourself, your system, and you're going to increase your water intake. And just for a hint, these bottles here that are sixteen ounces, eight of these a day is a gallon. So if you wake up in the morning, the very first thing you do, and I always leave my cases of water out. I love room temperature. I slam one right when I wake up yep. so my body's already flushing through. You do one right before bed, it leaves you six. If you have three meals a day, you're down to three. You do one while you're working out, now you're down to two. You're driving around in this heat, you're going to drink one, and while you're working out, right? Mm-hmm. So it's easy to do eight rather than carrying a jug around. Okay. So once you all of a sudden, if you keep weighing yourself and you look at yourself 20, 25 days in, you go, well, gosh, I was doing really good. I lost five to six pounds. Now I've plateaued. Oh, yeah. People get discouraged. What am I doing wrong? And then they just give up. No, you just have to change and alter. And then that's when you start changing things. Um, if you're going to do cardio, you and the wife, mm. my suggestion is you do it in the morning. Fasted. Fasted cardio. Why? There's nothing in your stomach. There's no calories. There's only one thing you can burn. I prefer to work out in the morning. Oh. Now, if you're going to lift and do cardio, yeah, which I which I have done, you do cardio afterwards, not before. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you want to burn a hundred calories before you lift yep. to get your metabolism going, get your body worked out, get some stretching in, go lift, then go burn three hundred calories, which you can do with a twenty-five to thirty-minute show on Netflix or HBO, mm-hmm. whatever, and then you have four hundred calories burned. Yep. Like it. See, now, I told you, like the question. Now tomorrow for Fat Pack, we'll go over nutrition. Okay, okay. I'm down with that. See, now I do have, uh, for those who don't know, you don't know, um, I have, so I've taken this past, so when I came out of high school, big, big kid, right? It was like 300 pounds mm-hmm. uh, my, like, senior year. Cut a whole bunch of weight over the course of three years, got down to about, I think my lowest, like a buck 80, buck 85. Okay. So you got really down. Then we had the kid and everything like that, so I'm back up. So now you're trying to get back on the horse, but I will say, I enjoy doing it. It's a lot of fun. Okay. Now I got, see, now I got my fit buddy, Willie. So yeah. now we're going to. I'm going to tap into this uh, this resource. Going to get shredded. I'm going to while while we're either on break or while we're talking here. I'm going to because I, I can do this while I talk. I'm going to look. So I'm going to show you something. Okay. And 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 my son loves this one. He loves this transformation pick because he built the graphic. But more than anything, okay. we call the before pick the Tony Soprano pick. Okay. Because I'm uh, I used to when I was married had a very big home. Yeah. Nice big pool with the fountain, the whole bit. 
There you go. That's you, huh? Yeah, in the pool, there's a beer in that hand yeah. that's going with the cigar. Look at you. Look at that. Yeah. And then the, yeah, of course. Right, so slim down. Of course. He, he helped me. I'll tell you what he did help me do. When he first started getting into bodybuilding and being a fitness trainer, mm-hmm. he did something that no other trainer who had more – three different trainers all had more experience than him. They all said to do basically the same thing in their manner of doing it. That I, you know, this was before he'd become a trainer. Then he became a trainer. He said, Pops, every year, the day after the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. you go back to going really hard. Right, because you're, you're losing a couple of sports, that, and then you have a little more time, so you do your cardio, and you do your lifting, and you do this. The turn of the year, here's what I want you to do. Mm. I want you to focus on your nutrition for those 30 days, yeah. right, January to the Super Bowl, right? Focus on nutrition, implement a little cardio. The day after the Super Bowl, start going ham with your fasted cardio, yeah. and then we tweak your calories. In March... You're going to add cardio, not only your fasted cardio, but we're going to add cardio too afterward. So instead of doing everything all at once and plateauing, yeah. January, February, March, it was gradual. Went from my original weight of around 235, got as low as 183. It was about a 50-pound turnaround. It, right. was, it was pretty so, – so just be patient, and remember, it's all gradual. Oh, yeah. So, oh yeah, we're gonna do it. To, the, I'm gonna, we're gonna do it together. Yeah, the 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 previous weight loss has helped me with the plateau stuff because I know that it happens okay. and everything like that helps you break through it. But right. it's gonna be the irony of the fat pack because my goal is to not be fat anymore. How about that? I'm gonna stay on you. All right, when we come back, Jesse Merrick's gonna join us, Channel Three. I'll get some thoughts. Uh, hey, summer league has grown. Get his thoughts on uh, your thoughts too on how much the summer league has grown over the last few seasons, and of course uh, some other stuff like the Raiders and if they're going to turn to running back by committee or if this is Jacob's thing once the season begins. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. Kelsey from the left, he always finds a way to get back to that side of the basket. She's just one of those players that just takes over when you need a bucket. Kelsey Plum gets you a bucket. Now back to Cofield and Company, live from NBA Summer League. All right, Willie just sent me. 21-day challenge workout. I'm going to do this. I'm going to start this tomorrow. Trademark patented perfect M workout, my man. All right. I'm going to send. I'm going to, we'll do the body picks. I'll send it, and then we'll do it. All right. I'm in. All right. Trust me. I might not look it, but I'm telling you. At least all skinny JVT. Now, listen. Yeah. Now, one of the things Jordan stipulates okay. that he's implemented since the pandemic with his – he insists all of his clients, after you do your cardio, one day a week – you have to do a hike. Okay. So, yeah. so it stuck with me, and now yeah. my guy, my hiking buddy, my my ace yeah. in the hole that I can always count on is from Channel 3, Jesse Merrick, and he is uh-huh. next on Cofield & Company. Jesse, that? welcome to the show, my guy. Willie G, my man, how you doing? Well, I'm still feeling a little bit. Little effects, not not as much as Kalua might be uh, from from this morning's hike. That was a tough one, but man, we've never seen. I think in all the times we've hiked, we haven't seen the pup sit down in the middle of the trail like he did this morning. Yeah, he was gassed, and I'm not gonna lie, I'm right there with him now too. You know, you and I have talked about it, uh, John. We haven't met yet, but uh, I also do a little jujitsu, and I went as well in the afternoon, and I am I am dead. I actually just woke up from a nap about 20 minutes ago, so I, I'm pretty burnt nice. out. I'm right there with Kalua today. <laughs> so so let's let's get to it you know i mean in all the talks you, you sometimes you pick my brain we talk about the old i tell you about the old days and from the 70s and 80s and things that i have seen and so i mean just 
I, I moved here 50 years ago. You moved here years ago, and I, I'd like to know your perception when you were pursuing the job to come to Las Vegas, and then since arriving, how you've just in the last three and a half. Yeah, you know, I mean, for me, initially, I, you know, now looking back, stupidly almost didn't kind of want the job, you know. I thought I was like, who lives in Las Vegas, you know? Um, like, I think many tourists that, uh, you know, have come here in their mind, you know, they think of the strip, they think of the craziness down there. Uh, they don't really believe that people actually live out here. Uh, and then, you know, having come for the interview, you know, I was like, okay, this, is pretty, this place is pretty cool. You know, there's a lot of sports going on. You know, to me, I also obviously knew that the Golden Knights were here, you know, knew the Raiders were coming, but didn't quite understand, you know, how much actually comes. Obviously, I knew that Summer League would come to Vegas and things like that, but you didn't get the sense of, like, obviously, you know, being, you know, the mecca for boxing, you know, and the fact that obviously USC is from there, but you don't really put all those pieces together, and then you realize all the other, you know, hundreds of events that come in throughout the year, and then just the amount of teams that we've seen come here in the last three and a half years have been wild. You know, you and I talk about it all the time of, you know, back in the day, UNLV being, you know, the biggest ticket in town. And, um, you know, now there's so many more opportunities for teams and stuff that have come here. And it's like everyone's kind of tripping over themselves to be the next team to come to Vegas. And that's been exciting. You know, I, I talk about it all the time. I don't think there's any hotter sports market in the country right now. Um, and it's incredible to see, you know, the about face that all these leagues have made uh, in terms of, you know, wanting to get in bed with Vegas and get out here and make it happen out here. So, Jesse, how, how much in terms of uh, Summer League have you been taking in? And uh, what are your thoughts on some of the locals that have taken part in what we've seen so far? Yeah, so I, I was there the first couple days. Uh, I haven't been since uh, Saturday, but I've been following along with all the locals and how they have all fared. And, uh, to me, you know, two guys really stick out, Jaden Hardy and Orlando Robinson. Uh, Jaden Hardy, you know, coming uh, from Coronado High School. Orlando uh, played over at Centennial. And with Jaden, you know, he first on the scene in that first game, had 28 points. Uh, the big issue with him is going to be turnovers. He had six of them, and they were all kind of in crunch time uh, in that overtime game, you know, so some costly mistakes. This previous game that he played in, uh, their second game in Summer League, I believe he scored 14 points, didn't shoot great from the field. I think it was like 4 or 15 or something like that, uh, but it had, you know, a handful of turnovers as well. So he's that guy, you know, will score at a high output, maybe won't always be the most efficient, but has a lot of really good tools and qualities to him. You know, you can see the scoring ability there. It's going to be really impressive. But Orlando Robinson, he started every summer league game uh, for the Heat, you know, the previous summer leagues that they came into uh, before coming here to Las Vegas. You know, and he has been very impressive. You know, he was the guy at Fresno State. You know, the offense ran entirely through him, much like many of the guys on all these teams. You know, they were that dude uh, at their college. And for him now, he's having to adjust in more of an off-ball role, you know, setting things up for his teammates in the pick and roll and things like that. But, you know, he's shown to be able to score when he's given that opportunity. But to me, the thing that stood out is his ability, you know, to create for his teammates. That's been awesome. And then for the UNLV guys, not a lot of opportunity for Bryce Hamilton and uh, Donovan Williams yeah. thus far. Uh, you know, so it, it, we'll see what they do with, you know, more minutes. I know Bryce played about uh, 23 minutes in their previous game, but didn't have much in terms of stats, you know, overall, you know, two points. Uh, I'm looking at it right now with two rebounds, two steals and a block, you know, not bad numbers, but, you know, for him, it was always that offensive output. He did tell me uh, earlier this week when we spoke to him that he's open to display his defensive ability, you know, throughout summer league. So we'll see if maybe that can come through, um, you know, for him and he can show that that's a big element of his game as well. 
Talking to Jesse Merrick from Channel 3, Sports Anchor. You can follow him at Jesse News 3LV on Twitter. So, Jess, let's turn our attention to the Raiders. Rookies meet next week. Veterans two days later. I, I want to talk about the running backs. You and I on our heights, we talk about the Raiders. We talk about the Golden Knights. Um, Will, do you think the Raiders are turned to running back com- by committee, or are they going to get Josh Jacobs involved as the lead back? I, I believe it's going to be running back by committee, but I think in crunch time, Josh is going to be the guy, you know, and I think, you know, I think he'll lead that group in, in touches because, you know, they didn't pick up that fifth year option. And I don't think that he'll be returning to the Raiders no matter what happens this season. I just think that price tag is going to be too high. So I think, you know, they'll feed him as early and often as they possibly can. Having said that, I think it will be more, you know, of that uh, New England type backfield that uh, all the fantasy managers have hated over the years because you never know who's going to be the guy, you know, on any given week. Um, having said that, they haven't had a guy that's got the same elusiveness as Josh Jacobs uh, in the skill level that he brings to the table. Uh, so that, to me, is where I think he'll be the lead dog in that rotation, but it is going to be a running back by committee. I mean, just look at the sheer number of running backs on this roster. Uh, you know, they go and take two in the draft, and it seems like, you know, they just keep signing guys left and right there and at the deep tackle position. So those are two areas where I just think it's going to be by committee, and we see a lot of those guys rotating in. Uh, having said that, I think they've got some interesting tools in there. You know, uh, some guys that bring some interesting skill set to the table in terms of Josh. You know, we all know what he can do. But then you got Brandon Bolden, another guy that's going to be that reliable, probably third down back type of guy, uh, you know, out of the backfield and whatnot. And uh, Zamir White, Zeus, you know, coming in there, he seems a guy like a guy that's got a little bit of everything to his game. But, uh, you know, looks like he could be one of those guys that's able to pass block as a rookie, which a lot of guys, you know, aren't able to do. If he can do that, maybe he could separate himself, uh, you know, from the rest of that group and get more opportunities. All right, last one for you, Jess. We're up against. I got it. Well, I got about a minute left. Um, I was going to ask you about NBA and MLB and, and your thought of the next one, but big trade today. Golden Knights slice seven million out by getting rid of Max Pacioretty. Your thoughts? Yeah, pretty wild. You know, I mean, once again, we see the Knights having to shed salary cap space and give away a big name player for not much in return. I obviously know Knights fans aren't happy, um, but at the end of the day, too, this is something that teams run into when. They are willing to spend, spend, spend to try and, you know, go for it all, and it doesn't quite work out, so then you got to shed some cap space. Um, you know, I, I had told some people last year that I thought Max Pacioretty was going to be on the way out. It didn't happen, so I kind of changed my tone on that. But now seeing him get shipped out along with Dylan Coughlin, I mean, that's, that's an interesting move. Again, not getting anybody in return. Uh, I'm curious to see what they do with the cap space that now becomes available. But uh, definitely shocking for Knights fans and one that I know that uh, they are not pleased with. Jesse Merrick, Channel 3. Jesse, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. For sure, my guys. I appreciate you. Have a good one. Yep. All right. When we come back, we got the final hour, Cofield and Company. Big hour. Uh, we got a lot to get to. The ramifications of Zach Wilson and more. And Tracy McGrady will join us here on the show. It's Cofield and Company live for the Summer League.